Welcome to the Inspired Word of God. I'm Marcia. The title of the message today is called The Appointed. We come close to missing our calling sometimes because as humans we often look at a situation as being someone else's battle, something that God would not call us to do. Circumstances that appear beyond our control often cause us to doubt whether or not we are involved or whether we should become involved. But don't be surprised when God makes you the key player. The first person I want to talk about is Esther, the humble queen. Esther 4.14 For if thou altogether hold thy peace at this time, Then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. In our human nature, we will do the hard stuff in life to have what we want and to get where we want to be. Why can't we do the hard stuff in spirit? to get where God wants to take us and to have what he wants to give us. It surpasses all things and everything that is here on earth, in this world. There is no wealth or anything else that the devil can point your way, place before you, that would ever surpass what God has for you, what God wants to give you to those who choose him. Queen Esther chose to do the hard stuff in spirit. When she realized her people were in danger of being exterminated because of the evils of Haman, she didn't try to bully her way through because she was queen and make things happen from the physical standpoint because she was queen but she instead chose the spiritual route. She chose to fast and pray. And she told her uncle to have the people of Shushan to fast for her. And she needed them to fast for her because her husband, the king, had not summoned her in a while, like 30 days time. And he was at court. And by law, no one could approach court without an invite from the king. Or they could lose their life. So even as queen, she stood to lose her life by going to court to approach the king, having not been invited by him. And so she knew in order to get the message to him that there was trouble for her and her people, she was going to have to approach him. She had not been summoned, not had been, she had not been invited. So she was just going to have to show up. So she needed people to fast and pray for her safety just so she could get there and approach him without being killed. And they did. They fasted and they prayed for three days as she asked them to. She did the same along with her maidens. And when the time came, She went and she said, if I perish, I perish. 
But she did go. She approached, and the king held out the scepter to her, which gave her the acceptance to come in. He didn't chop her head off. And she was able to ask him to join her and Haman in a banquet. And that's how she started her plan to let him know what was going on. She invited the two of them to a banquet. And after the first banquet, she requested that he and Haman come back for a second banquet that she was holding for the two of them. And he had told her both when she approached the court and when she was at the first banquet, that whatever it was she wanted, that he would give it to her. So when she went to the second dinner with him and Haman, she made her request known and she asked why was her people being persecuted and that they were going to be killed and that Haman was responsible. Long story short, Haman's the one who ended up on the gallows hung, the gallows he set up to hang her uncle. Her uncle Mordecai was moved into an elevated position And though Haman had used the seal of the king to send out that law and decree that all Jewish people should be destroyed, the king could not go back on his word and reverse that decree. But he could send out a new one telling them that they are to defend themselves. And that's what they did. So they did get victory. But if she, Queen Esther, had not taken a stand to do something, when she was asked by her uncle, they all would have died. They all would have been wiped out. But she took a stand. It was an appointed time for her to act, but it wasn't an appointed time for just anybody to act, for just anybody to do whatever they were gonna do. It was her time to act, and she did. When we can come together in corporate prayer, and pray for one another, and fast for one another, victory happens. Because when you come before the Lord humble, and you fast and you pray, and you touch and agree with one another to do this, and pray for situations and circumstances that are going on in your life, the Lord will honor your prayer. He will honor the humbleness, the humble stance that you take. And prayers are answered. Things happen when people come together in corporate prayer. You can read Esther's story in the book of Esther, chapter 1, 1 to chapter 10, verse 3. The next person I want to talk about is Gideon, the mighty man of valor. Gideon was talking to the Lord one day, asking him, why he wouldn't deliver them from the Midianites. He was telling the Lord that he had heard all these stories from his, his father, his grandfather, how the Lord had moved upon, upon the nation to deliver them out of Egypt and all of these miracles that he did. But why would he not come and deliver them from the Midianites? And it says in Judges six twelve through 16, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all 
his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. Gideon did not grasp the Lord calling him a mighty man of valor. He did not understand at first that he was the chosen one for this journey of deliverance for his people. We automatically look to God for him to wipe things out, clean things up, and, and just do it all. He will do that, but often it will be one of us that he empowers to do that work. Gideon was looking at his family's lack of wealth, his standing in the family as the youngest, not the older son, the least. God is not concerned that you are poor or the least or the youngest in the house. Remember, he looks at the heart, not the person. That's why he chose David over all of his older brothers who were of great stature. It says in Judges 6.16, And the Lord said unto him, Surely I be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Gideon does have the victory for his people because he obeys the Lord. When we let go of the physical obstacles that we face day to day and we trust God, he will move in our life to accomplish what he needs to accomplish for us. If there is a task that needs to be accomplished, it can and will happen according to God's plan. It definitely will happen with you if he chooses you to do it. No matter what it is, no matter how intimidating it appears to be, if God tells you that he will be with you, you will have the victory in whatever it is he puts you on the path to do. Trust that feeling that you have in your spirit, that feeling that's been pressing upon you to do something, and seek God for the answer. Don't shy away from it. Don't be like Gideon, because when the Lord first addressed him, he called him the mighty man of valor. So he already called him out to be what his purpose was for Gideon. So he could be calling you that mighty woman of valor or that mighty man of valor to do something that he wants you to do right now in the here and now. And you're missing what he's saying because you're too focused on, well, it ain't happened yet and why hasn't it happened? You can find Gideon's story in Judges chapter 6, verse 1 to chapter 8, verse 35. The last person I want to talk about is Samson. When I think of Samson, I think of Formidable. Formidable because he had great, awesome strength. And that strength came as a gift from God. The Lord had a covenant 
for Samson, and that was for a razor to never touch his hair. It says in Judges 13, 4 and 5, Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive, and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So God told Samson's parents all of this before the child got here. So they knew that he should never ever have a razor touch his hair. Samson was one of the judges. The strength he possessed was by the hand of God. He was disobedient and allowed his lust and flesh to get in the way of doing God's work, though he did a mighty work for God before all of this happened. He did a mighty work. If Samson is one of those people of the Bible that you don't like, it might be that you relate to his character more than you realize. But if we aren't careful, our flesh can get in the way of our life and our work for God. It can happen in small ways or big ones. No matter how small, it can be serious. It comes down to serving God and doing so in spirit and in truth and not allowing anything to interfere, not allowing anything to get in the way. The Lord told Samson's parents to never cut his hair. It was in God's plan that the physical strength he possessed was because of his hair. Samson had victory in what he did, but he allowed his love for a woman to cloud his judgment. He became so fixated on her that he allowed her to get in his head to reveal things that would become deadly to him. We should always pray for God's direction regarding a mate. I understand that it's not what we've done in the past, but in moving forward, as you resign yourself to serve God, you should always check with God on who he wants you to be with. Just like you consulting about other things in life, you need to consult him about who he wants you to be with as a mate and trust him to bring that person into your life. If Samson had consulted God's direction instead of his own, he would not have gotten caught up with a deceitful woman like Delilah. Do not allow the person you choose to be with cause you to fall away from God. If that person is doing that in your life, is it worth you being eternally separated from God? Delilah pursued this subject relentlessly, trying to find out what gave Samson his strength. But then she was approached by the lords of the Philistines, and they each pledged to give her $1,100 each. So she had a lot of money coming, and she could discover the secret of his strength. And she was relentless. She was on him constantly, asking questions, trying to find out, trying to trick him. He gave her numerous scenarios that were false, but everything he told her, she tried it. And when she said the Philistines are coming and he jerked awake, he still had his strength. It says in Judges 16, 16 and 17, And it came to pass, 
when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. The Philistines could not conquer this man in his might and power. But how sad that their victory over him came through greedy, deceitful people, and above all, the woman that he fell in love with. When he told her the truth regarding his hair, she cut his hair in his sleep. It says in Judges 16.20, And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. And that means he did not realize that the Lord had departed from him until they came in and took him captive and they put out his eyes. They bounded him and took him to an arena and they mocked him. But Samson had one last victory over the Philistines, even though he was in bondage. It says in Judges 16.23-30, to 30, Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their god, and to rejoice, for they said, Our god hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God hath delivered unto our hands our enemy, and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house stands, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about three thousand men and women, that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was borne up, of one with his right hand, and of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at this death were more than which he had slew in his life. By the hand of God, Samson gained victory one last time over the Philistines. Samson's story can be found in Judges chapter 13, 1 to chapter 16, verse 31. 
you might be called by God to fast and pray as Queen Esther. You might be called to be the one who delivers your people out of bondage. You may be given a gift from God that is to be used to save, lead, and guide his people. Whatever the Lord chooses for you in your life, do it in faithfulness to him. Don't allow anything or anyone to stand between you and God's call on your life. My closing prayer. Lord, I pray that we seek you for your guidance as you lay purpose upon our heart. May we trust you enough to remain on task and not allow human or physical distractions to interfere with our spiritual connection with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And I'll say, King Jesus.